No, baby, that's for somebody else. We're just going to keep you right where you're at right now. The Wrestling Realm presents Break It Down with Brian H. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this edition of Break It Down with Brian H. I am your host, Brian H. Waters, and quite frankly, for this episode, I had to call on family, folks. I called on the one, the only, Shark Deshaun Williams. Shark, how you doing today? Uh, B-Dub, it's been too long, my friend. Been way too <laughs> Yeah, man, you know, we obviously, we talk every day, we talk about this wrestling stuff, but, you know, it's time we let the world in on this conversation because, I mean... It's been so much going on in the past few days, so let's jump right into it. Um, I'll start. We got a brand new Universal Champion, and his name is Bill Goldberg. Shark, I'm going to let you start this one off. How do you feel about it? You know, I, I know there was gonna, I knew there was going to be a lot of people butthurt about Goldberg beating The Fiend, but let me counter with this one. If it was going to be The Fiend versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, Y'all would be booing him right out the building. Mm-hmm. You look at the reaction he got on SmackDown when Roman got in Goldberg's face and told him, I'm next. He got a pretty good pop. There was no booing with that one. And, you know, the Fiend doesn't need the belt to be over. He never did. And if anything, I felt like the belt in some way kind of limited him. And now that he doesn't have a belt, now he doesn't have any kind of championship, now he's free to just do whatever. So. I got no problem with it because we all know Goldberg ain't the long term. Shark, you know, here's the thing, right? I ain't going to lie to you. I always hated the term doesn't need the belt, doesn't need the championship, doesn't need the title. Here's why. In the world of professional wrestling, I try to equivocate that with sports. And in sports, right? You want to be the champion. Now, I see you got that dirty towel behind you, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, you know, I'm a Ravens fan, but, you know, we still family. There's never a time, because you could easily say the Pittsburgh Steelers don't need the Super Bowl to sell tickets, but they want the championship. And that's what I look at with wrestling. Now, is the Fiend over? Absolutely. Was a guy that we saw tonight as we're recording right after AEW and NXT a guy we saw tonight Jake the Snake Roberts did he ever need the championship to be over no but I always look at it as the championship is what you aim to be to be the best in the company now with that being said you're right he doesn't need the title he never really did however I had to like you know, sit back and think about this. And I had a good shout out to my brother, Corey. And he was like, you think about this. Everybody reverted back to somebody. Where was Goldberg going to go back to, right? Seth Rollins became a heel again, became sadistic, evil, whatever. I hate the Monday Night Messiah, but that's a different story. Daniel Bryan, he cut his hair. The Miz became a heel again, went back with Morrison. You know, if... Roman, if he would have beat Roman, which I thought was going to happen, I thought the Fiend would have beaten, would have faced Roman at Mania and beat Roman. That's what I was predicting. If he would have beat Roman, what would you have done? Where would you have sent Roman back to? Obviously, you can't do the Shield. So 
I don't have a problem with this, and I'm very excited to see him because I think he's going to beat John Cena. So I'm really excited, and maybe he'll send him back to Doctor Thugonomics. Yeah, I and you know when I said that he didn't need the belt to be over, I just meant that him losing the belt was not going to do any kind of damage to his popularity, and it hasn't. And I honestly like the idea of John Cena versus The Fiend, and I agree with you. I think he goes over John Cena at WrestleMania. But also, like, he didn't want to risk. Ha- I mean, Roman is getting pretty, he's been getting pretty good reactions since he's come back. He hasn't mm-hmm. gotten any legit title shot since he came back. They've been pacing themselves with that. It's been well over a year since he returned after he announced his leukemia was in remission. But I think we've, it's been long enough and now put him back on track and, I think if they did put him against The Fiend, it was going to not go the way they wanted. It would probably go back to the bad reactions that they don't want Roman to get. So yeah. I, I, act, I, I, of course, think that Roman is definitely going to go over Bill Goldberg. And, I defi- and like I said earlier, I think John Cena over, is going to put over The Fiend. All right, so let's move on. We got a new champion in the other town, in the other state, whatever you want to call it, AEW. John Moxley defeats Chris Jericho to become the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. The second champion, as he refers to it, he has a championship belt. I don't hate this move. I kind of saw it coming. I want to see now, what am I going to get out of Moxley? Shark, how do you feel? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I felt like Moxley winning the title was pretty much the only... I think it was the only other option they had right now because you already had, going by storyline here, Cody can never challenge for the belt again. Uh You didn't really have anybody else that was built up enough with the momentum face-wise to challenge Chris Jericho aside from Moxley. And look, we all knew Moxley didn't really have an eye injury but the way he had been having the eye patch the whole time and how he sold that swerve that he could see, even though we all knew, we all suspected it going kayfabe. I thought that was brilliant. And I really think for John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose, we've seen this guy revitalized. He's, he's like a new man. Like, okay. We're seeing that drive, that passion, that hunger back in him again. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, we, we will see, um, one thing we noticed at during his uh, post-game, post-match interview, he said that, in a sense, he wants to lift that stipulation from Cody. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them do that because he said he wants to beat everybody. Now, you look at a guy like MJF. What do you think about him? What did you think about the match with him and Cody? You know, honestly, I mean, you know, I know some people probably thought that Cody was going to go over and, get retribution on MJF. The, the thing with Cody and with the Young Bucks, like how the Young Bucks have yet to grasp the tag team titles in AEW, and Cody, of course, right now can't challenge for the belt, but the thing is is that they don't need to put themselves over. To them, what they're trying to establish with AEW, what they're trying to build, is a lot bigger to them than any championship. They want to build stars. They want to build they're storytellers. And right now, honestly, I think MJF, he's on the verge of being the top in terms of the heels. He's in ter- he's 
on the road to being the, the top dog in that category. And the thing I took for the side note, the thing I took from Revolution, I saw a lot of guys that I think are on the verge of becoming big key players for that promotion. Guys mm-hmm. like Darby Allen, who has really grown on me. Sammy Guerrero, of course. And, you know, he wasn't ready the first time when he was uh, – he had a shot at the belt, but he's found his niche, and it's working for him, and that's Adam Page. Now, here's the thing, though, about – I'll say about Cody, the Bucks, and even Kenny Omega. I'm going to slightly disagree. I understand they don't – they want to put other people over, but – I'm going to step out of our world as wrestling fans and put myself in, say, people who used to be wrestling fans, people who aren't familiar with their work overseas, and that's the reason why I felt like the Bucks should be champions by now. Maybe Cody doesn't have to be a champion, but I didn't like that stipulation. I think somehow, someway, they need to be in a situation where they are using their platform and using themselves to elevate the next talent so that if I'm turning on AEW for the first time, I say, oh, who are these guys? Okay, these guys are over. Obviously, I look at the Bucks. They should be like the Hardy Boys. You know, the Hardy Boys, teenage girls love the Hardy Boys. Look at Bailey, you know? And that's what I think the Bucks could do. They could make a lot of money. I just think it's a little bit of money they're leaving on the table. Yeah, I, I see that point. I mean, it's between who I'd rather, which one of the two I'd rather have with gold, whether it's Cody sporting the world title or the Young Bucks sporting the tag titles. I would go with the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the Hardy Boys comparison. I mean, they're younger. They, they definitely don't have the injury factor that the Hardys have. And, but, you know, I mean, with Kenny Omega and Adam Page, I think at some point we're, there's going to be a split. But it's just a matter of when. But like I said, I like what they're doing with Adam Page right now. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that he seems to have found something that basically an identity in AEW. But yeah. the only blemish I think with AEW that bothers me is that their women's division, I mean, look, they can all be WWE's or even NXT's or Impact's. Well, I'll leave out Impact on this one, but can't be. <laughs> These are NXTs, but AEW's women's division is miles behind what WWE and NXT are doing. Absolutely, man. And, and I, I, you know, I, obviously I like it. I love women's wrestling. I've, you know, I have been fortunate enough to work with some of those ladies over there. Shout out to Leva Bates, shout out to Allie, two good friends of mine. But yes, absolutely. I just want to see them do more. I want to see them reach their full potential. I want to see stories stories around the women besides Nyla Rose. You don't have to remind me that she's transgendered. I respect that. That's her choice. Don't remind me that. Tell me something else. You know, now I do like the fact that she says she's going to be the only champion, you know, but I want to know, I want to care. I started to care about B Priestley and Britt Baker, but then I didn't anymore. So, you know, I thought maybe that match should have been for the championship, honestly. Britt Baker was the first woman they signed, and she's feel like I feel like she's hanging on by a thread. Yeah, there's something I mean, she there's something there now, but I feel like that she is there's still something missing with Britt Baker. I mean, she's no by no stretch of the imagination am I saying give her 
a run with the women's title because <laughs> they still have a lot of work to do before they do that. And I agree with you with what you said about Nyla Rose. Look, I respect that she's transgender. I got no issue with that one way or the other. But you don't need to, that to be her character. You don't. Mm-hmm. You, you don't need that. I mean, let her be. Let her identity in AEW be what she wants it to be. Yeah. Now let's move on. Um, you know, you talked about tonight. You said that before. You know, obviously we talked before the show in preparation earlier today, and we were saying who's going to be Adam Cole's challenger. It looks like it's the Velveteen Dream. Shark, do you see Velveteen Dream as the next NXT champion? How can I put it simply other than abso-freaking-lutely? Really? <laughs> you know what? And this comes from somebody who, in the beginning, I wasn't a fan of the Velveteen Dream because his character, I just didn't get it. Okay. But, you know, like, as time went on, like, I saw him put on these matches where I was just blown away, like, performance-wise. I mean, of course, his match with Ricochet against Aleister Black. Even in... in Talk about another guy who I wasn't uh, that big on when he was the North American champion and Tyler Breeze came back and challenged him. I actually was impressed by both sides on that one. Mm-hmm. And the whole delivery tonight, how he threw, he basically threw the match in the cage against Roderick Strong just so he could get Adam Cole all to himself and beat the ever-loving <laughs> he just whooped him he played the undisputed era he made them look like suckers and i loved it yeah that was solid i ain't gonna lie man i thought that was i was like wait what is he doing then i thought about it right before they did the shot i said oh my goodness adam cole is still in the ring so mm-hmm. it's just that sacrifice and this goes to show you this is what i'm talking about though the championship it means you want to be the best. And that's one of the things I love what they do in NXT is they remind you that the championship is front and center. This is what we're chasing. This is what we want. So, uh, but let's move on real quick. AJ Styles, man. AJ Styles Undertaker. This could be the match. It looks like it's going to be the match at WrestleMania. I, quite frankly, didn't like AJ um, losing to the Undertaker by a choke slam. I understand it. I'm pretty sure there was, you know, the money that said, hey, we want Undertaker to win these trophies. You know, generally those trophies, I mean, you look at it with Shane McMahon, the Good Brothers, Colin Anderson, and um, uh, Luke Gallows, and now the Undertaker winning those trophies. Oh, not to forget Braun Strowman winning that Royal Rumble. But I would have rather have seen like AJ and Undertaker and AJ, you know, kind of lead up to it, something more. But you know what? This works for me. Here's a question. And I'm still in this one from Glenn. Uh, as we talked earlier, I think it was earlier this week. How close can AJ Styles versus Undertaker get to Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker? Ooh, Just take away the story. Because obviously it can't touch the story. Understanding that Undertaker is 10 years older, understanding all that. But maybe we'll even say Undertaker Punk. How close can it get to that? When you make that comparison, I would say pretty close because I see, I kind of, their styles are definitely different in CM Punk and AJ Styles. Yeah. But 
AJ Styles, as long as I have watched him, he cannot put a bad he cannot put on a bad match with anybody. And he has wrestled big guys before. I mean, look at the wars that AJ Styles had against Abyss. I mean, he was a he was about give or take the same height as Taker and given a lot heavier. And Styles was still able to put on a good match against him, whether it was in the normal ring or in a cage. So, and let's not also not forget AJ's match against Brock Lesnar a year about a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, I felt like Brock Lesnar barely got by the skin of his teeth with that one because AJ gave him everything he had. So, I know that Taker's older, and I know that he's nowhere close. I mean, he's slower, and he's uh, up there in age. But you know what? I feel like AJ Styles is probably the kind of guy that he would be able to, like, any disadvantages that Taker may have because of his age and wearing down, AJ would be able to work around that. So, definitely are not going to get a bad match with this one. All right. Now, um, you know, a couple more things before we take our first break. Ricochet, we're on the street. Vince McMahon is, you know, get ready, give him the shovel. Uh, you know, in Baltimore, they call it the shovel of wisdom when you call it the local radio. But, you know, in wrestling, we call it the shovel of death, basically. Uh, do you see Ricochet being buried? Is this what we're watching now? You know, I... I really am weary about saying somebody is buried these days, Mm -hmm. but I feel like somebody took that so-called shovel and just clocked Ricochet right in the back of the head with this. I mean, the 24 seven belt, you can't even give him that joke of a belt. You gotta be kidding me. And the rumor that Vince is not very high on, on Ricochet not that long ago, there was also word that Vince wasn't that high on Adam Cole, which I thought, is he nuts? <laughs> and The Rock, not that long ago, called Ricochet the future. Mm-hmm. Clearly, what, whatever, everything that we see in a guy like Ricochet, Vince doesn't see, or he's just completely blind to it. Right. But I truly think, in terms of, yeah, I unfortunately think Ricochet is being buried, but I also think Vince is out of his mind if he can't see what he's got in that guy. Yeah, well, you know, I hopefully hopefully they'll get it together. But hey, there's always NXT, right? That's the beauty with WWE. You can go back there and look at Finn Balor. You know, speaking of which, he took on Swerve Scott. Now, man, is this a match they gave us too soon? This is a match that I would rather have on a, on a takeover event. It really is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the thing that I, even though I don't know if they really acknowledged it, but how they had Imperium target Finn Balor last week, and all I could think, Finn Balor versus Walter, yes, please. But the big question that I couldn't help but wonder, are we going to see the Prince unleash the King? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> we haven't seen him do it in a while, and you haven't. And Finn's the kind of guy that loves to have an advantage over somebody. Mm-hmm. And if I give him an advantage over Walter, even in the mental, who's to say he wouldn't do that? Yeah. You know, one thing, man, uh, you bring up Walter, and I really, 
hope before Brock Lesnar takes his ball and go home for good. I really hope we get Lesnar and Walter. You know, it doesn't have to be for a championship. I would book it for SummerSlam, honestly. You know, I, but I really, that's a match I really, really want to see. Um, but he could introduce uh, Walter to a whole new audience. Most definitely. I agree with that. And you want to talk about how I said AJ Styles is the kind of guy who cannot have a bad match against anybody? Mm-hmm. I've, I'm convinced that Walter also cannot have a bad match with anybody. He, like, he may tower over the small guys, but he can, he can do his, pull his own in a match, and he can make it work. And make at, it believable. Look at, look at the match we got with him and Pete Dunn last year. Woo! That to me was the unsung hero of Takeover of Takeover New York because that match didn't get near enough credit. Right. Yeah. But uh, let's move on. Last thing before we go to break, my uh, Marty Skrull challenging Nick Aldis for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Is it Marty Skrull's time, Shark? Oh God, I hope so. <laughs> I really hope it is. I've been a fan of Marty Skrull, but. I've been wrong on other times before. I mean, I thought he was going to get the Ring of Honor World title and take that from Jay Lethal. Instead, they had Matt Taven do it. And that, to me, is always going to go down as one of probably the most lackluster title reigns in Ugh. Ring of Honor. I, I was just never convinced of Matt Taven being that guy. Yeah, And it just felt like bittersweet because I felt this is the push that Marty Skrull should have gotten, not him. And I'm really hope I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping that they finally pull the trigger and do it. But I think with the position that he got and the new deal that he got with Ring of Honor, I want to hope that it doesn't come without some. It didn't come without some kind of incentive, namely a title ring. Right. But we all knew PCO as the world champion was never going to be the long term. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I hope Marty wins. I, I like. I was telling my uncle when I was talking to uh, the realness. Shout out to the real Dwayne Allen. I was telling him that uh, you know I like Nick Aldis. He's an old school heel, but you know I, I, I would like to see a new champion. But Nick Aldis is doing his job. He's making me get tired of him seeing the belt. Doesn't have that go away heat, but more so that heat that I want to see him lose. So he's doing a yeah. good job as champ. Not long enough. He really has. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take my first break Ladies and gentlemen, coming up this week On Wrestling for the Culture I have an interview from the one And only Kaya Dream, here's a clip From that coming up I had been wanting to move And, and be more, I felt like there would be more Opportunity if I was to go Because my dream was always WWE Now that I'm actually in the business I see that there's a lot more promotions And I understand a little more that it's more than WWE but I knew that the Performance Center was here in Orlando. And when I looked up online, the different schools, um, Team Vision, they had a lot of good reviews. I had contacted uh, the owner on Instagram, and we had talked a little while, but way before I moved. And then they had their first women's class at Team Vision, I think, around last February. And that's when I, I came to visit, and I tried it out for the first time. And I just really enjoyed the training. It was just really, um, really professional. And 
I don't know, I just felt, I've seen all the opportunities that were coming through, and now that I've moved, the opportunities are just endless. Like, it's very, that was a very good move. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you get ready this Friday. That interview drops. Same place you got this. Subscribe to the Wrestling Realm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. And right now we have the Shark. Shark, tell me where they can catch you. All right. Got my Facebook page, the Sean Williams Podcast Network. Got my podcast, Variety Bites, uh, which I which I host with Travis T. Five Smith. And originally, the Shark Attack. I've been co- kind of holding out till my co-host JP Mayer. He's kind of got he's had some stuff going on, but right now he I'm letting him step aside, and T Five's going to fill in. So tomorrow, be recording a new episode for that, and we'll. And, of course, you can find me on uh, Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it. All right. So let's get into this women's talk. Before we go, I'm going to just make a mention quickly. Ladies Night Out 9 this past week going to YouTube Title Match Network. Of course, I got to give a quick shout out to my good friend, the one, the only Amber Rodriguez, scoring a win in her debut down there. So shout out to Amber doing her thing. Also want to give a shout out to Roxy, who also performed. And this week she was named, um, she was recognized by the city of Laredo during a council meeting. And they, because she is the reality of wrestling's youngest diamonds champion at 18 so they even named it roxy day so congratulations to her as well shark we've been both vocal about becky lynch Shayna baszler now i know for me i like this feud i just don't like the ingredients of it why do we need to have an elimination chamber match with these two ladies, with uh, Shayna Baszler in there, if we already know she is challenging Becky Lynch for the title at WrestleMania? I've been asking myself that for weeks, man. I mean, yeah, we both, at in the beginning, we, I mean, we've kind of had a difference of opinion. You were saying how you had caught your over Becky Lynch, and I was saying it, it's not so much that I wasn't over Becky Lynch. I'm just over the fact, one, she's held the belt for way too long. And also the competition had the well had gone dry on her. That she needed Shayna Baszler because who's left? Mm-hmm. However, Monday, I'm, I mean, even before that, when she's coming out with these weird sunglasses, then you have her in that little, that getup she wore when she went to do commentary. And I'm just like, what the hell is this? I mean, they're trying to make... It's like they're trying to take what worked with Becky Lynch. And they're trying to make her something that she's not. Mm-hmm. But I do agree. That elimination chamber with the number one contender for the Raw Women's title. 
is a waste of time. You look at all those that are in there, except for Shayna Baszler, you can easily just say not one of them is going to win this thing. Shayna is just going to railroad through all of them, and we're going to get the match that we already knew was going to happen. Exactly, you know. It, it just makes no sense. Um, you know, I, I don't get it. I really don't. But, you know, it is what it is. But hopefully, let's look at this other feud we have. Charlotte, Rhea Ripley. I was vocal last week. I want to know your opinion while we got you on the air. I know we talked. But here's the thing. Charlotte defeating Bianca Belair, which, before I go there, shout out to those wrestling girls on Krista B, who was on the show before. She wrote an article on Hot97.com talking about the rise of black girl magic within the WWE. She named Naomi, Bianca Belair, and my friend Mia Yim. So shout out to Krista B for doing that. I'm excited. Very, very happy to see that and Bianca Belair tweeted about it. So I had to make sure I gave a mention to that. Here's the thing. I said this last week. There was no reason for Charlotte to defeat Bianca Belair clean. It was like she has been, and, and I go back to Corey Graves' podcast. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the episode where Charlotte Flair was on, but here's the thing, Shark. She was saying, Corey Graves have been very critical, said that Charlotte didn't feel like the queen, and I think that got to her head, and ever since that got to her head, it seemed like she had to politic her way, right? Because before the Royal Rumble, did we really think Charlotte was going to win? Most people said, you know what? It's Shayna's night, right? Or Ronda Rousey is going to come back. Or maybe Bianca Belair. Those are the names. We figured it was going to be somebody from NXT because of the momentum they have been getting. Then she goes out there. She wins. That's like, all right, that's cool. She's going to face Rhea Ripley. She'll bring notoriety to the title. But then Bianca Belair got over Almost as, I don't want to say the same way Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston got over, but when I make the comparison, I mean in a way that people wanted to see her. And because of that, that is why it irritates me that Charlotte Flair would win clean, and then it's almost to say, no fans, you want Bianca Belair, you're not going to get Bianca Belair, you know. It doesn't help the fact, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I know you're not going to have a problem with me saying this. It sucked that it was only two black wrestlers to win a match during Black History Month in the WWE. <laughs> and you can even say, even AEW, because Big Swole lost and Scorpio Sky lost and took the pin Saturday. But that's a different story. The main thing is, why does Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, why is that a one-on-one match? Because you want to bury Bianca. Yeah, you know, and this is stemming all the, for me, this stems all the way back to last year where she challenged Shayna Baszler for the title. She lost, but at least I could say with that one, she got choked out. She didn't tap out. Then I thought the fatal four-way that she was in, I thought maybe that would be the redemption. Not only did she lose again to Shayna Baszler, this time she tapped out. And I thought they just, whatever momentum they had in her, they just butchered. Mm-hmm. Now, Royal Rumble, I felt like I was seeing that fire once again 
with Bianca Belair with her performance in the Women's Royal Rumble. And I do agree with you that I did not like I did not like Charlotte Flair versus Bianca Belair happening at all just because of the fact that I felt like they were just throwing her in to be cannon fodder for Charlotte Flair. Now, you and I have a different of a difference of opinion on Charlotte Flair. I respect her ability, but mm. in terms of who I felt was the, I felt was the stronger of the ho- the four horsewomen, it was never her to me. Because mm. I felt her promos, I was never a fan of. To me, mm-hmm. I felt like the one that I felt was the complete package that could go in the ring and had the mic skills, to me, was Sasha Banks. Okay. And I've always had this issue, I felt like, when you mentioned politicking. I always felt like, to a degree, that's what's gotten most of the success for Charlotte since she's gone to the main roster. Because I didn't like that she kept beating Sasha Banks in the title matches in every pay-per-view. I definitely didn't like that there that the feud with Charlotte and Sasha with the Iron Woman match, it ended in a tie. I mean, she won that match, but if you go by win- the wins, that she ba- it basically ended 3-3. Yeah. I'm like, what kind of feud ends in a tie? And that being said, it was bad enough that you had... Bianca Belair lose clean to Charlotte, but then you have Charlotte like take the chair and lay her out. Look, I actually want to see Rhea Ripley and Charlotte, but I was also saying to to T five when I was doing a variety bites and we were talking wrestling that, you know, put her in. Make it a triple threat. It's not gonna harm that match, and you know what? I would not mind seeing Bianca Belair win that belt at Mania. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I will say this right now, and if not, if it's a hill I have to die on, so be it. Charlotte Flair is not walking out with the NXT Women's Title at Mania. She is not beating Rhea Ripley. Right, and then you know I get it. it. It's going to make Rhea a bigger star when she. I mean, let's face it. This was I think Charlotte Flair when Corey Graves was running his mouth. Charlotte Flair needs to understand she is money. She is box office. She is one of those people, in my opinion, that at this point in her career, she could lose ten matches and you wouldn't even realize it. It's not going to hurt. You know, I even think honestly, I kind of think that now at uh, maybe not with Bailey just yet. I feel like as good as she is, I honestly think she may be the best wrestler out of all of them. Uh, I think Charlotte's the most athletic. I think Sasha's the most uh, fierce and, you know, go out there and the best uh, sports entertainer. And I think Becky has the biggest heart. But with all that, I still think Bailey may be the one who can't accept 10 straight losses. Uh, Becky's gotten to the point. It was a while when Becky couldn't. You know, when she was, it looked like she was getting buried. Now she's at the point where it's like, okay, she's untouchable. But I just don't understand Charlotte, man. You know, but uh, let's move on. Bailey, and who's next for her? Is You know, is it Naomi? Is it, uh, well, I know they got the, um, you know, we'll talk. Uh, wait, no, there isn't. Uh, I don't, did they make a Elimination Chamber match official yet for the SmackDown women? I don't think they have. Okay, yeah, they'll probably make it. I, I hate when they do this. <laughs> Not gonna lie to you, I do, but um, you know, Bailey, she obviously she beat Naomi 
fair uh not fair square at super uh what is it super showdown what's they call it you know they mix yeah. these names up nostalgia show on steroids <laughs> but you know yeah the fact is that she um you know could we get bailey and lacey evans again i don't want bailey and sasha banks how do you feel about that you know i've heard you talk about this and you know to me my issue with sasha banks and bailey both being heels is I feel like Sasha, she has prided herself in calling herself the boss. But mm-hmm. I feel like with Bailey's heel turn, she's basically taking a backseat. Now, I don't necessarily want Sasha versus Bailey at WrestleMania, but I'm at the position where I'm like, what's left? Like, who's left for it's the same situation with Becky Lynch, except I don't know. For me, I have this hard time with bailey's heel character like it just feels too dry for me and for real yeah that's just my my own stance on it i don't know just it's missing something yes i don't know what it is maybe i don't know if it's a strong baby face but it's missing something yeah there like there's always got to be a hero to take on the villain and you don't have that you really don't have a top face woman on SmackDown right now. You really don't. I mean, they tried to make Lacey Evans a face. that That's not working. She's yeah, I don't like that either. Tried. I mean, I'll give you one name that I wish was at that level, but unfortunately she's not, and probably not enough time to put her in that position, is Dana Brooke. Uh, so here's my thing with Dana Brooke. <laughs> let me just say before you say that I, I'm saying I wish she was at that level but I know she's not even close and she's a long way off before she can even be that level I loved some Dana Brooke right Better, she was very nice to me at Wrestlemania 33 then she wanted to hook up with Dave Bautista yeah um I would just go ahead and say this. Um, you know, I don't mark this show on YouTube for kids, but I do try to keep it PG. But I step out of the box. I think Batista hit it and quit it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually agree with that. But, you know, right. one other name that I wish I know she's injured and I wish she wasn't because then you would have something is Ember Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she just seems more injury prone on on the main roster than she ever was in NXT. Mm-hmm. It, it sucks because I think she would be there right now, and it would be mm-hmm. them too. I, you know, I heard like Vince don't like her, or whatever. Uh, I just don't think he may he may not understand the nerd culture. But I think that Ember would bring in so many different fans, a well-rounded fan base that people would be crying for, and it would be screaming money. You know what bothers me most with Bailey's heel character is it almost looks like she's almost visibly uncomfortable being a heel. Like she spent so long like being this hug everybody ha- happy cookie cutter face in NXT, which even back then I felt like that character's not going to transition well on the main roster. And mm-hmm. for the most part it didn't really do it. It didn't. I mean I basically felt like it was the same equivalent of when you moved the VOD villains 
to from NXT to the main roster where it just didn't work. But I just feel like she's not used to being hated or she's not comfortable with it. But there's some sub there's substance missing with her character. That's true. You know, so I don't know, we'll see. But uh let me take one more break, uh folks. So you know, coming up this week on Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, my other podcast. I got my boy David Shealy coming up. So David's actually a huge wrestling fan, implements wrestling in his newscast. So make sure you check that out. Here's a preview for that interview with David Shealy. Whatever God's plan is for you is not meant to harm you because that's not how we operate. And mm-hmm. if that plan is not for you to go viral, you looking for the you're looking for verification. And you're looking for fulfillment in the wrong places. Going viral on Twitter did not fulfill me. Going viral on Twitter did not verify who I am or who I thought I was as a journalist. I already knew I was good. I didn't post my reel to to see if the world thought I was good. I knew I was good. I just needed someone to hire me, so I put it out there so someone could see it. That's what happened. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you subscribe to Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. Just simply go on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, search Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, where you will not miss that. So, we got the Elimination Chamber coming up. Now, before we get into it, Shark, how do you feel about the Elimination Chamber as a pay-per-view as opposed to a standalone match? I've always felt that instead of making a pay-per-view out of the Elimination Chamber, you ought to bring back the survival element in Survivor Series and make that part of the Survivor Series. Oh, where it started. Yeah, where it started. But, you know, I try to think of one time where I really liked an Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, and I got nothing. It's not exactly a memorable pay-per-view. It's probably one of those themed pay-per-views where I think you ought to just, they, if they pull the plug on one, this would be one of them. Hmm, that's interesting. I'll give you one I remember, and it's not, maybe it's the moment when Jack Swagger surprised everybody and won the uh, number one contendership to take him into WrestleMania. Of course, he blew that away, supposed to win the title, but that was one that was like, man, you know, this was solid, and I think that, I think overall that night was pretty solid. Um, but you're right. It's not the most memorable pay-per-view. So, But they have one this Sunday. Now, more than likely, I will not be watching live. It's my wedding anniversary. Shout out to my wife. Uh, it be six years. But so, uh, you know, I won't be watching Elimination Chamber. If I do, it may not celebrate seven years. But we'll start with the matches. We talked about this one. I think we both were on the same page with this one. Natalia, Liv Morgan, Shayna Baszler, Asuka, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan. Here's my beef with this match, Shark. You have all your WrestleMania matches built into this one. 
you have Natalia and Oscar. That's a WrestleMania match. Or what they'll probably what they're probably going to do is Natalia and um, Beth Phoenix taking on the uh, Kabuki Warriors for the tag titles. Uh, you have Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan. Looks like now that's going to be a triple threat match at WrestleMania. So you have all this, and then we talked about Shayna. Why is this a match? It seemed like they put the wrong elimination. They put the long. They wrote the elimination chamber on the wrong spot where it was really supposed to be on SmackDown. I think if you're going to execute this in a better manner, you probably should have waited to have Shayna Baszler attack Becky Lynch until after she won this match. But since you already had her attack Becky Lynch, and now as much as Shayna wants to get her hands on Becky Lynch and take the title, Becky, she this is probably more personal to her than any rivalry she's had. And she wants to get her hands on Shayna Baszler. But unfortunately, you the only thing that'll come out of this is something that'll show help further showcase what Shayna Baszler can do and how much of a woman one woman wrecking crew she can be. But no. Other than that, this match is a complete waste. We all know what the outcome is gonna be. There's absolutely no way Shayna Baszler is losing this match. Yeah, no way. No way. As the words of Rob Parker, no way, no how. Shout out to Uncle Rob. All right, so let's move on. Braun Strowman, um, I guess he's defending his championship in a handicap match, taking on Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn. I don't see Braun losing right now. You? No, they don't. Any the first title match I can think of where. It was a handicap, whether it was one-on-three or three-on-two, was WrestleMania five Demolition taking on the Powers of Pain and Mr. Fuji with the tag titles on the line, which was basically what also killed any momentum the Powers of Pain had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that being said, um, no, Braun Strowman is not dropping the belt when he's taking on three opponents. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now we have an elimination chamber match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The Miz and Morton, the new champions who lost right away on SmackDown last week, they will defend their titles against the New Day, Biggie and Kofi, of course, the Usos, Heavy Machinery, the Lucha House Party, and Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Do you see a title change coming? Uh, you know, I think of the Elimination Chamber matches, this is probably going to be the one that is probably the most entertaining to watch. But that being said, you know, I I don't see another title change happening so quickly. Yeah, I think Mandy Rose comes out and steals the show. <laughs> I think she comes out and tries to plead her case with... Uh, uh, Otis and causes him to lose and you know we'll be all paying attention to her and that's it <laughs> Yeah, but you're right I do think it's going to be entertaining I think we're going to get the Usos versus the Miz and Morrison at Wrestlemania though I think that's the matchup we get that's the match I'd rather see at Wrestlemania yeah but let's uh, move on we have the Street Profits the new tag team champions because they wanted to smoke Defending against Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Who you got winning this one? 
<laughs> Murph the Smurf, as Angelo Dawkins called him. <laughs> but, you know, um, I was happy as can be that the Street Profits won the belts. And, you know, I'm I'm going to say the Street Profits retain. Okay. Yeah. You know, like you, I am not a fan of this Monday Night Messiah crap with Seth Rollins. It's not working. Not at all. And I honestly think the Street Profits retain because I think they're going to get the titles on the team that it really belongs to out of that group, and that's AOP. Yeah, they wasted a golden opportunity not giving them the belts. And if we could have had the Viking Raiders and AOP collide, seeing those four behemoths collide. Oh, that's the WrestleMania match. <laughs> yeah. Hey, make that at WrestleMania. I'm all for it. Yeah. Sorry, let's move on. Um, Alistair Black, AJ Styles. I see AJ Styles winning you. I would have said that until the no DQ stipulation was added to that match, which mm-hmm. makes me think Taker is going to get involved, and that's oh. how I, Black's going to get the win. That'd be interesting. Undertaker, Alistair Black in the same building. You know, I could see Alistair Black trying to get mad at The Undertaker if, uh, you know, him costing. Even if, he, you know, him getting involved, I could see that happening. I just hate the fact that I feel like they're wasting what could otherwise be a great program with AJ Styles and Alistair Black. Mm-hmm. Just serving up Alistair Black to be cannon fodder. Well, I think Alistair Black's problem is, Shark, that he's having a t- hard time getting over. Um, you know, you look at him. And it worked in NXT. It worked with a small crowd. But how much can you really market Alistair Black, right? I mean, and without jumping into, like, his beliefs, you know, they're total opposite of mine. You can't send him overseas to uh, Saudi Arabia. Are you kidding me? So, you know, he's limited, to be honest with you. And you have that. They're intimidated by they don't know how to really like keeping out of the religious beliefs factor here. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. they don't know how, like you said, they don't know how to market that. And, and, and I think he hasn't done a great job at being sustainable. You know, we all know he can wrestle. That dude can go in the ring, but what else? It's more to wrestling than, than, than the, the actual wrestling. That's only like the 10% of it, to be honest with you. And I was telling people, when you go to a show, you never hear fans say, man, that was a good five-star match. Your work rate is awesome. You know, that's what we do on the internet, or we do it amongst ourselves. But when you at the show, you may think you're going to go in there, but by the time the lights hit, the glitz, the glamour, the spectacle, you're entertained, especially when you sit up there. I'll give you a quick story. I went to Philadelphia for work, right? It's the American Heart Association meeting. And uh, my friend, we just, a SmackDown happened to be in town. I honestly forgot about, didn't pay attention, right? My first instinct is when I travel for work, see what NBA game is in town. But uh, I was talking to Corey, and he was like, yeah, going to SmackDown. So I was like, all right, yeah, I'll check it out. So I take my friend Vanessa with me. Vanessa's not a wrestling fan at all, right? And it, funny story, here's what she, I, I'll say exactly what she said. She said, she always thought that I was the only black person she knew that was into wrestling, believe it or not. <laughs> so we go to a SmackDown. One, we sit there. She sees, she's like, wow, like you're not. And she sees all these people. 
and she sees how the kids are into it and, and all that stuff. So, you know, obviously I'm trying to like break down the storylines. This was two weeks before Survivor Series. So I, I was happy. This is where like Mia Yen made her debut on SmackDown. And I was like, wow, like I, I remember watching your Ring of Honor and small shows and I was here for your SmackDown debut. And you see like the spectacle and the children and you see how they react and the parents. Half the time parents don't know what's going on, but what Vince McMahon saw was, hey, make my product PG. Not only do I sell one ticket, but I sell two tickets minimum because that four-year-old can't come to the show by themselves. You know? So I don't think Alistair Black has done a great job at getting himself marketable. So... Uh, let's move on to the, you know, it's the final match they have listed on the card. Like we just d- discussed earlier, more than likely there'll be a SmackDown Elimination Chamber for the women. But Andrade defending the United States Championship against Umberto Carrillo. Who do you have winning this one? I wish I could say that I see Umberto finally getting a win because I feel like he just, like with the exception of this past Monday, all he seems to do is lose. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised, you know, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually takes the belt, but then drops the belt to Angel to Angel Garza, who, honestly, and I think it was you that was saying this, that of the two, uh, Andrade or Angel Garza, I'm finding myself more of a fan of Angel Garza. He's just got this natural heat and charisma that, not saying that, Andrade doesn't have. He just seems to have more of it. Like, yeah. I see it's more marketable with Garza. Mm-hmm. And more likely, it was probably the real Dwayne Allen if it wasn't me. Um, because, that, you know, I, I admit he said it first, and I was like, wait, you got a point. You look at Angel Garza, man, did you really miss Andrade when he was gone? Not really. If, if Angel, if if Angel Garza had never came up, you probably would have, you know, but you still get to see Zelina Vega, and now you get to see Angel Garza, man. And, and here's one thing I noticed during that match uh, Monday. During the tag match, while Andrade's in the ring, I saw some Shawn Michaels-esque stuff going on. <coughs> Excuse me. Instead of standing there on the apron, Angel Garza was working that crowd. And he was getting over. And I bet you Andrade probably was not happy about that. It's like, dude, chill out. You know, you're taking my heat. You're taking my heat. So this is going to be interesting to see developments. You know, hey, let's just say it. Dirt, we're, we're going to be dirt sheets right now. Rumor it, uh, I'm hearing words and reports that Andrew Garza has irritated um, Andrade. He's going to cost him the title. Because <laughs> they... <laughs> huh? No, I was just saying you never know. I, like I said, I just he's just got this natural charisma, Angel Garza does, that it's impossible to not notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely impossible, man. So, you know, we're gonna find out. But uh Elimination Chamber, folks, this Sunday night. I'm interested to see it. Um it, I'll probably watch it Monday, but nonetheless, I'm going to see results. But I, I, I don't think it's, it's no world championship on the line. The, the Intercontinental Championships on the line, the United States Championships on the line, obviously tag titles on. The line. I don't think we, eh, you know, I don't think nothing groundbreaking is going to happen. 
at this point, it's a bump in this uh, road to get us to WrestleMania 36. So, Shark, um, any final thoughts? Well, just one. Not since uh, Keith Lee hitting Adam Cole with the pounce in the, into the crowd have I seen something that made me laugh as much as seeing Drew McIntyre knock out Brock Lesnar three times with a Claymore. I could honestly watch that for hours and not get bored. Man, how about that for you right there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the other thing, and this is something else I'll talk about when I do the attack with T5, is that one, the only other thing other than that, what they did on Monday with Drew to build him up for Brock Lesnar, which, by the way, if Drew does not win that belt against Brock, it is just going to be a total derail for Drew McIntyre. But I think the one thing that they're doing that they're building up towards, namely Edge versus Randy Orton, has been nothing short of brilliant. Because not all, and I've said this to you and to Dwayne, that not only do you want have the crowd wanting Edge to come back, they want Edge to come back and beat Randy Orton to within half an inch of his life. They want Edge to just break him in half. And I think the pop that he's going to get when he does return is going to be deafening. It's going to make the pop he got at the Royal Rumble when he came back sound like nothing more than a pin drop. Yeah, definitely that, man. You know, I'm excited about it. Um, You know, I said before that uh, when Edge made his return, I couldn't really take it in. You know, it was just less than five six hours to find out about Kobe Bryant. So, uh, with you saying that, you know, that next, when he comes back, that pop, it's kind of like, you know, I was thinking when you said that, I was like, wow, I get a, I get a, a second chance at this. You know, uh, Edge is one of my guys. So I'm excited. Uh, Randy Orton, I saw a meme that said, if F your family was a person, boom, it's Randy Orton. You think about what he did to the McMahons. You think about what he did to like other legends. And now what he's did to Beth Phoenix, oh my gosh. That could main event WrestleMania in itself. It won't, but it could. I definitely hope it's the longest match of the night. I'm sure it will. I'm sure with all the build that they're doing for that match, they want to make it memorable. And, you know, I was definitely, like you mentioned, the tra- the Kobe Bryant tragedy happening. You know, mm-hmm. I'm on the same boat as you with that one. But, like, for me, like, the way I was feeling that night, and then seeing Edge come back, that was a moment that I needed to have because otherwise I was just, like, I was just emotionally numb for the mm-hmm. whole night. I mean, I was still enjoying the, the pay-per-view, but it was it was hard for me that day. But then to see Edge come back, I needed a moment. I think we all needed a moment like that. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's the thing when it comes to wrestling. It's always been a good therapy, man. And that's like the show, man. I definitely appreciate you coming on as always, man. And you know this won't be the last time. Oh, yeah. Hey, like to quote the late Grit. Well, Roddy Piper took it from a movie, but he still said it. But when we're good, we're, we're good. When we're bad, we're even better. <laughs> there you have it ladies and gentlemen he is the shark sean williams i am brian h waters so long everybody
Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Break It Down with Brian H. Hit the subscribe button and turn on the bell so you get notified every time the Wrestling Realm posts new content.
Hello everybody, Brian H. Waters here. What does BABJ mean to me? It means that I'm able to have instant connections with my local media professionals. People who have been to places that I want to go to or people who are been where I've been and they trying to get to where I'm at. I get an opportunity to network with students who may have questions, who may not know exactly what they want to do. And I get to pass on my experience. But then I also get to get in touch with professionals who've been there. And I get to ask them, how would they handle the situations I'm in? For me, it's been a pleasure to be able to do the photography a lot of times for BABJ, an opportunity to take pictures of people that I grew up admiring. Why should you join? Because this is a place that's a family that will take care of you, that will love you, and give you the honest feedback even when the world isn't.